show, you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That would be the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. Filling in for uh, Mark. Well, actually, Toby um, joins us frequently on Tuesday nights, but Mark is uh, living it up in Las Vegas. So uh, until he returns on Friday, actually, Toby, you're going to get a double dose of you this week. You're going to be returning to the studio on Thursday night. Yes, I will. So uh, much appreciated you uh, stepping in to fill Mark's shoes as we roll right into the news. This one, I think, is worth doing right off the bat. Uh, In case you haven't heard, according to the examiner, examiner examiner.com, Deborah Jean Palfrey, also known as the DC Madam, has indeed released all of her phone records. Now, I had speculated earlier, and we'd speculated on Free Talk Live once the, the judge overturned the, uh, the, the the gag order, I guess it was on her, right. that she would inevitably sell the names to some news organization, give them exclusive rights, because she's kind of in a bad way financially, considering the government has put a, essentially a freeze on her bank accounts, and they've confiscated her assets, so she and, doesn't really even have any money anymore. And these could be worth quite the pretty sum to people. It's true. Of course, if she's smart, she's buried a little bit of cash somewhere, and she, she's okay, But so we don't really know officially where she's getting her funds from, but she's not getting it from these names, because what she's gone and done, according again to the examiner, is that she has released them online in a move that will certainly set into motion hundreds of bloggers and journalists eager to unearth the next Washington sex scandal. Deborah Jean Palfrey, also known as the D.C. Madam, has posted 13 years worth of phone records on her website as of apparently yesterday afternoon. So the news is actually a little bit old. We didn't get the I didn't get the news until today. The records cover Palfrey's time as the head of Pamela Martin and Associates, a Washington D.C. based escort service. As Yays and Nays noted last week, U.S. District Judge Gladys Kessler recently lifted a temporary restraining order prohibiting Deborah Jean Palfrey from releasing those telephone records. But now the cat is out of the bag, the genie is out of the <laughs> bottle, so to speak, and there's no going back at this point. The government can't stop. Stop it now. It looks like there's going to be a lot of politicians and people in high places that are not sleeping easy when people are combing through these numbers, probably as we speak. They absolutely are doing it as we speak. In fact, the first name has already come out. We'll reveal that here in a moment. But during an interview with Yeza Nays last Thursday, Palfrey indicated that she had every intention of releasing her records to the public, but the move to post them on her website so quickly wasn't anticipated by many. Uh, she said, I have the reason to believe... Uh, I have reason to believe that the disk containing a full set of the telephone records for the 13-year operational history of her firm has already been pirated. Despite our very best intentions to maintain control of the information, our efforts seemingly have been for naught. I'm concerned about manipulation of the database with false and misleading information, even though such falsifications can be refuted in time by comparing an altered copy with the original. My attorney and I fear that in the intervening time period, considerable damage can and will be done to the reputations of individual and enti- individuals and entities with no connection to the business. So she's concerned that somebody's gotten their hands on the database, it's going to go underground and then be modified to make it look like someone's phone number was in there when in fact it wasn't. And so to sort of, uh, to make it so anybody can verify that they've got the right database. It's if they, on her right, website. It's on her website. Well, that's pretty upstanding of her, if yeah. you think about it. I mean. uh, really, this woman, I think, is, uh, I think she's a, an American hero, personally. Uh, she, I mean, I don't know anything personally about her. I, I don't know Deborah Jean Palfrey, but to, to be able to run a, 
an escort business in the city of Washington, D.C. for as long as she has and to very carefully, meticulously collect all of the phone records for the agency over the years and, you know, hold it um, as basically ammunition yeah. in, in the event that something like this happens. And very, very well planned on her part. And not only that, but she's fighting it. She's not just laying down and letting them take her out. She's she's really going up against the full brunt of the her. state. And yeah, you've got to give anyone who does that props because most of she chances are she was offered some plea bargains. But yep, most um, people just roll right on right. over when it uh, when it comes time to to fight the state when the state is throwing charges at you. And this is the, what they always do, whether it's a drug case or prostitution or or anything Whatever else. It is. They just lay on the charges and then they. They offer you a plea bargain where they pull a few of the charges away and say, okay, we'll cut it down here, here, and here if you just plead guilty. And the reason why they do that is because bureaucrats are lazy. They don't want to do their jobs. They don't want to work. They don't want to go to trial because going to trial means they have to present evidence, and right. that means they have to have evidence. And, they don't you know, just have to threaten people and their jobs right, done. Right, which is what they do, and they're normally very effective at it. Why? Well, because they're a scary group of people. They, no one wants to go to jail. And so, inevitably, they're going to try to reduce the amount of time they spend in jail. Of course, if you go to trial and it turns out that the state doesn't really have much evidence or the evidence that they have was gathered through uh, illegitimate means or it just isn't, you know, they didn't cross all their T's and dot all their I's, stuff can get thrown out. Uh, all kinds of things that you may not have thought would happen can happen once you actually get into the courtroom. Yeah, you are risking a guilty verdict. Yes, you are risking facing the, you know, the full, the maximum amount of time right. in jail. But at the same time, the only way you're going to get out of it, 100%, or, you know, as close to 100% as possible. Obviously, they're going to have wasted your time and your money by the time it's all over with. But but the only way to prevent yourself from actually going to jail and being uh, g- getting into the system is to fight it, is to stand up and fight it. And it's something that if more people would actually do it, if more people would do what the D.C. madam h- is doing, then the state would be overwhelmed with cases. Imagine. Oh, yeah. Imagine. I mean, what is it? 750,000 marijuana arrests in one year? they had to take all those to trial? Right. <laughs> wow. The system would be able to, it would not be able to handle it. They would have to just start dismissing the cases out of hand. And they would only be able to really charge and really take the, the people to trial who are the most egregious of offenders. And, of course, your average uh, marijuana-possessing crime, it's not even a, even a crime in my book, but the average marijuana possession crime is usually just a little, you know, a little bit. It's well, somebody are, with a bag of pot. And those are also the ones they go after more often than not. Isn't it something like 85% of the cases are uh, for marijuana for possession, possession? simple possession, right. yeah. Not yeah. for the guys that are selling it or anything, just for mere possession and personal use. Not that the guys that are selling it shouldn't, uh, oh, I mean, I they agree, should tra- challenge their cases as well. Because again, when you challenge the case, then the state has to provide you with their evidence and you get to you know you get to uh, review it and see if it's got any holes and and again it, chances are it does have some holes it chances are good remember bureaucrats are lazy and cops are the ones they're the ones on the front lines right they're the ones who are doing the arresting and they're used to people just rolling over for them so they're more than likely to cut a, cut a few corners, cut a few critical corners where, to where if you actually take a close look at the evidence, you uh, you may actually be able to win. And then, of course, there are those uh, there are some people that 
people like Mark Stevens at adventuresinlegalland.com that suggest that, well, maybe you shouldn't even get into the trial in the first place. You should go in and, and uh, try some different approaches, like asking the judge a bunch of questions he doesn't want to answer. Then you're, you're at the mercy of whatever judge you get at that point. You're always at the mercy of the judge because they're just they're violent individuals who can throw a tantrum at any moment. Right. So if you're facing the possibility of jail time, I say, you know, throw caution to the wind and, and go all out. Oh yeah, and and challenge this. So I got I've got to give this lady credit where credits due. She's uh, she's an amazingly courageous woman. But the first name has been revealed uh, again. The the names uh, the the numbers that thirteen years worth of phone records uh, posted on the internet last night already. Larry Flint at Hustler Magazine is on the case. Louisiana Senator David Vitter said he had sinned and was sorry. Hours after Hustler Magazine told him his telephone number was among those disclosed by the D.C. Madam. The first-term Republican senator declined interview requests Tuesday and said he made no public appearances in the Capitol. The night before, he'd made a startling confession in an email to the Associated Press. Quote, This was a very serious sin in my past for which I am, of course, completely responsible. Several years ago, I asked for and received forgiveness from God. Well, that's nice. And my wife in confession and marriage counseling. He and his wife, Wendy, live in the New Orleans suburb of Metairie with their four children. He recently played a prominent role in derailing an immigration bill backed by President Bush, was also a key supporter of New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani's presidential bid, serving as the regional campaign chairman for the South. So already somebody with some, you know, clout. Sounds like a stand-up guy. In Washington. And, by the way, he says this was a very serious sin in my past. What was the sin? All he, all we knew was that his number was in their phone records. He could have just gotten a massage. What was your sin, Senator? 800-259-9231. This is the tip of the iceberg. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That would be the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features for free, including updates. Just get signed up at updates.freetalklive.com, and we will clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. You'll know first if you're on the list. Updates.freetalklive.com. And as the dollar continues to drop, precious metals rise. Make the trend your friend by subscribing to the International Speculator. Go to D2Z.org and add the right precious metal mining stocks to your portfolio. That's D2Z.org. Another update to uh, continue the program here tonight. Of course, we'll take your calls about anything if you make them. But this one, this one's kind of scary. Because it really goes to show that sometimes when I was... Early in my career, in my in my talk radio career, Toby, and you, you, this can apply to you, I think, as well, because you've got your television show, Free Minds TV, which people Pretty can new watch. At it too. People can watch at uh, freemindstv.com. Um, my concern, being a liberty activist and a visible liberty activist, not so much as you are, because when you're on TV, you're really visible, but still, people can find out who I am. Right. My concern was, well, you know, what happens when I'm targeted by the police for some sort of retaliation? What happens when somebody in the police department decides they don't like my show? Right. Yeah, that's actually been quite the thought of mine because we talk about local issues here in Keene and sometimes have even talked about local police officers. So that's always been in the back of my mind. Like, what if one of them happens to see me driving down the road? So I've always been concerned about this, but what I always told myself was that, well, the fact that I'm on the air 
helps insulate me. Right. The fact that I, I have a show helps protect me from police abuse. Maybe that's not necessarily the case. So it's what I hoped. Uh, that's I still hope it, and I'll explain why I think we're different, you and I, from this guy. But I, it behooves me to bring this story to you. A couple of years ago on Free Talk Live, I think, that, yeah, it's probably been about two years at this point. We shared a story with you from the Police Complaint Center and a, uh, a TV station, a CBS affiliate down in the Miami area in Florida. Now, I don't know if you were listening at this time, Toby, so uh, you let me know if you remember this. The guy's name was Mike Kirsch. This was the man who was doing the reporting in the case. And what they did was the Police Complaint Center, which is kind of um, – their website's okay. You can go and look it up. They do some really good work, though. What they do is they partner up with TV stations, and they do undercover investigations yep. at police departments for a variety of different reasons. They may have gotten complaints that the department uh, was abusive or, or whatever. Yeah, so, I've seen the videos, and they're pretty compelling, too. Right. So, so what they did in this case was they went around to 35 different uh, – different police departments in the South Florida area, and all they tried to do, they went with undercover cameras and everything, all they were trying to do was get a complaint form yep, from I the department. This. Do you remember how dismal the results were? It was, it was horrifying. It wasn't just a, no, we don't have a complaint form. It was threats. Threats. Um, people almost getting arrested for just asking yeah. for a poli- complaint form. It was intimidation. It was disgusting what happened. It made, uh, it made me like shaky when I was watching the videos and listening to it um, here. Just, just the fact that these police officers would do this to people when all they want is a complaint form. Right. So the, the, uh, the news report aired on this Miami CBS affiliate. And then we reported on Free Talk Live that a bolo had gone out for Mike Kirsch, the reporter. Bolo means be on the lookout. And it's something that, uh, you know, it's just sort of like, it's not like an all-points bulletin. It's a little less important than that. But it's, hey, officers, be aware of this guy. Be on the lookout for him. We don't like him. So that was the last we heard about Mike Kirsch until now. Investigative journalist Mike Kirsch, this according to the Miami New Times... Remembers undercover cops pinning him against his car in Cicero, Illinois in the late 80s when he was working for a CBS affiliate. Oh, I'm sorry. It might have been. Anyway, I was pulling that as the, the doesn't matter. He worked for a TV station in Miami. He says the officers were miffed that he was investigating a tip that they'd accepted favors from some neighborhood hookers. In 1996, while he was on assignment in Bosnia, 10 Serb policemen shoved and kicked Kirsch after they found him filming the charred remains of a house in a Muslim village. They knocked him to the ground, spat on him, trained their guns on him, according to, oh, and confiscated his videotape, according to a human rights report of the incident. Despite those frightening encounters, Kirsch never lost his bulldog tenacity when it came to exposing law enforcement misconduct. Wow. But ever since an unflattering report about local police departments aired last year, South Florida cops have made life miserable for the 44-year-old Southern California native. The situation culminated with a reporter's arrest on two felony charges this past February and his departure from local CBS affiliate WFOR-TV. It has, quote, it has been a very difficult situation for me and my family, said Kirsch, but I am not backing down, unquote. His melodrama began during February sweeps in 2006, working alongside the, complete, uh, the Police Complaint Center, an independent watchdog organization. Kirsch reported on what happens to a civilian who goes to the police station to file a complaint against an officer. Departments around the country give citizens complaint forms all the time, no questions asked. But Kirsch's investigation revealed that 35 law enforcement agencies in South Florida, including the Miami-Dade Police Department and Broward County Sheriff's Office, did not 
Kirsch equipped Greg Slade, an undercover investigator, from the center with a hidden camera and accompanied him into one police station after another. In the segment, Kirsch and Slade are met with indifference and, at times, hostility. In Coral Gables, uh, and they go through a list of police departments, they're denied complaint forms at every stop. At a Miami-Dade police district station, a sergeant taunts Slade. What is it? The policeman barks. Did a cop steal your money? Did he have sex with your wife? The reporter presented the incriminating footage to several law enforcement honchos, including the uh, director of the Miami Police and the police chief, uh, Robert Parker and John Timoney, whose department was one of only three that handed out complaint forms. Timoney said any police chief who didn't make the form available should be fired. And I remember there were some of the police officers or some of the departments that had a complaint form that wouldn't let you leave with the complaint form. Right. You had to fill it out right in front of the officer. And what's to say that the officer who's sitting there watching you isn't the person that you're You're complaining complaining about? about. Parker, who declined comment for the story, disagreed with his counterpart and was clearly annoyed. At a March 15, 2006 Miami-Dade County Commission meeting, Kirsch, the reporter, had another run-in with Parker one of the cops, about complaint forms. According to a webcast of the public hearing, Parker told elected officials that Kirsch's report was the farthest thing from the truth. As I explained for Mr. Kirsch, the fact is that we do have a complaint form, and the reporter was given the form. Kirsch accused Parker of lying to the commissioners, because they had undercover video. Right. The ones, the departments that gave out the form, were given, you know, an A+. They were given a positive grade. And there were a handful of departments that did that. I think it was the minority, actually. But there were some. No, it's a very small, small minority. The News Hound also notified the Florida Department of Law Enforcement alleging Parker's false statement. But an FDLE spokesbureaucrat citing state law said the agency cannot investigate Parker unless it receives a request from the police department, the county mayor, the county commissioners, or the governor. Look at the protectionism going on within the government. The police, uh, Parker, is the director of the Miami-Dade Police. He cannot be investigated by the Florida Department of Law Enforcement unless bureaucrats, the high-end bureaucrats, complain. Not you. Not you little citizens. You can't complain because then everybody would be complaining, right? Because the police, yeah, because the police are awful and uh, they do terrible things to people, and we we haven't even started to talk about what they did to this guy. Remember, he did a, a report outing the cops for just not giving out complaint forms. I mean, he wasn't even outing them for beating somebody or doing anything really awful like that. This was right. just for complaint forms. But the police set a vendetta out against this man, and they got him in February of this year. We'll tell you the rest of the story on the way at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, it's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features on the site, we give them away, including live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. We're talking about the cops, and coming up, Toby, you're going to give us a story about how the cops apparently managed to bloody a 70-year-old woman that's 70 years old. We'll get to that. But first, the story, uh, an update on what happened to Mike Kirsch. 
If you've listened to this show for a little while, you know the story that came out of Miami a couple of years ago. A CBS affiliate in Miami, Kirsch was working for them as an investigative journalist. He got together with the police complaint uh the Police Complaint Center, which is an independent watchdog organization, they did an undercover investigation of dozens and dozens of local law enforcement offices, um, departments, police departments, right. in the South, South Florida area. And it turned out that 35 of the agencies that they investigated, the vast majority of them, did not give a complaint form when requested by a citizen. And this is just a piece of paper right. saying that I'm upset about something the police did. Right. Instead of giving out the form, the person who was asking for the form was harassed by the officers, intimidated by the officers, threatened by the officers, and it was just an awful, awful report that made the police departments look pretty bad. I mean, I would have been very embarrassed had I been involved with one of these police departments. Oh, yeah. And so inevitably, these guys were embarrassed, and we're continuing the story here as to what happened because... Uh, he presented the incriminating footage, this reporter, Mike Kirsch, to several uh, higher-ups in the departments, including the heads of the Miami-Dade police and the Miami police chief, uh, John Tim- Robert Parker and John Timoney, then went to a county commission meeting, and they disagreed with those. Well, this is not true. This is the farthest thing from the truth. Uh, Kirsch then accused Parker of lying to the commissioners, and the Florida Department of Law Enforcement uh, they say they will not investigate these higher-ups unless it receives a request from the police department, the county mayor, county commissioners, or the governor. Now, why why would they possibly need that unless it's for protectionism? Which that's, it that's clearly what it, is. That's what it is. Clearly is. Uh, Miami-Dade spokes bureaucrat Commander Linda O'Brien denied Kirsch's allegation in a recent interview with the New Times, quote, The director does not lie to the commission in any shape or form. Well... You've got them on video not handing out the complaint form. Do you, do you think this was just some creative editing on the part of uh, the, the reporter? He showed which departments handed them out and which ones didn't. Some departments didn't even have a complaint form to hand out. In some departments, what the procedure was is that if you had a complaint, you had to sit down and basically tell your story to one of the police officers. Yeah, it was different from a few. I remember watching the video, and some of them you had to sit down, tell your story, and then you could have the form. Some of them you had to sit there while the officer wanted to, I don't know, fill it out for you right in front of you. But it was different procedure for... Vast there was no way them, to predict. You could not right, predict walking exactly. into a police department what you would walk out with, if anything. And it's important to think, if you are someone who wishes to give a complaint to the police, chances are you're a little bit nervous already. Something yes. bad has happened to you, and you're walking in there. You're already scared of these people. Exactly. And you're walking in there, and the amount of intimidation that they give you, well, not all of them, but the vast majority right. of them uh, gave in this video, wow. They immediately came suspicious of the complainer. Right. They believed that uh, you know he had done something wrong mm-hmm. when all he wanted was a complaint form. It might not have necessarily even been for himself. Mm-hmm. He could have been going in to try to get a form for someone else who was too darn scared to even go in on their own. But again, no amount of logic was able to uh, persuade these officers into actually giving out these complaint forms, if they even had them. But that's not where the story ended. Because shortly after Kirsch's report aired, the Broward County Police Benevolent Association, really benevolent these guys, put out a mock BOLO, a be on the lookout for Kirsch via the union's website. It warned officers, quote, Channel 4 News is setting up officers and instigating confrontations, then filing complaints with the various agencies, unquote. It posted Kirsch's date of birth, home address, and driver's license number. 
Broward PBA President Dick Brickman accused the reporter of creating a news story where none existed. Well, seems like one. I, I watched yeah, the tape. That was some of the best news reporting I've seen in the past few years. I was actually very surprised to see, see CBS attach their name to it. It was so good. Well, you'll see what happened with CBS and Mike Kirsch here in a moment. That was Kirsch's last skirmish with the law until a routine traffic stop went awry this past Valentine's Day morning. He and his wife were driving their three-year-old daughter to school a few blocks from their residence in Doral. According to Miami-Dade police officer Patricia Perez, she observed Kirsch driving illegally in the left-turning lane at wherever it was. Perez claims Kirsch ignored her command to park next to two other motorists she had pulled over. Quote, she approached me in a loud, aggressive manner, pointing and yelling at me to hand over my driver's license and registration, Kirsch says, adding that when he got out to give his driver's license to Perez, she shouted at him to, get back in your effing car, a-hole! Now, is that the uh, courtesy, respect, and professionalism that uh, the police are supposed to be treating their their constituents with? Well... Uh, yeah, I, I don't think so. I, I mean, we're paying their, their salary, but that, unfortunately, is what I've uh, come to expect from a police officer. Now, I think that if he wasn't Mike Kirsch, she might have treated him a little bit differently. True. She probably would have just yelled, get back in your car without the expletives. She was very, very rude to this guy, and I think what happened was she ran his plates pulled up his information, and somebody had put some notes in his file mm -hmm. that said exactly who this guy is. This is the guy that ran the report outing our departments two years ago. Get him for whatever you possibly can. Makes sense. Because how would she know he's an effing a-hole <laughs> without, you know, just, I mean, she pulls people over all the time, presumably. Does she treat everyone like this? When he turned around, Kirsch says... Perez lunged at him from behind, kneed him in the back of his right leg, and stomped on his right foot. Now, she doesn't claim at any point, she doesn't claim at any point that he was uh, being aggressive towards her. It was she that was being aggressive towards Kirsch. I mean, you would think that if, you, if a cop's lunging at someone and attacking them, they that should, they've done something, yeah, right? Yeah, they should feel threatened at that point if, uh, that, if they're doing that. She was not. Uh, so why was she treating him this way? Quote from, uh, this is a quote from Kirsch, said she grabbed my right arm and ordered me to put my hands on the back of my vehicle. She began very aggressively kicking my feet apart into a spread eagle position, cursing under her breath, effing a-hole. Oh, so she definitely knew who this guy was. That's exactly what I'm thinking, because this guy was driving his three-year-old daughter to school in the morning. He was allegedly illegally driving in the left turn lane. This is not an offense that deserves a physical attack from a cop. No, at, at most a warning. Yeah, he's an upstanding individual. He's well known within the community, and sh and he's being attacked by this police officer. She radioed for assistance and cuffed Kirsch. Within five minutes, ten officers were on the scene. He claims some of whom laughed and jeered at him while he was in the back of the squad car for three hours at the arrest location. That's right. They kept him in the back of the car for three hours at the location of the arrest. Is this a little unusual? Yeah, or do they do this to everyone in Miami? Standard procedure here. Kirsch began yelling. According to Perez's report, Kirsch began yelling, Is this why you became a cop? You're wasting my effing time. She said that he pushed his chest out toward my face and clenched his fists. 
Kirsch maintains the officer lied, including when she... Now, they would never do that. Police officers would never lie on their official reports. <laughs> never. Including that when she asserted that she drew her taser to keep him at bay, he says that's false. She never pulled it out. Perez charged Kirsch with a felony count of resisting arrest with violence and two misdemeanors, assault on a police officer and the old favorite, disorderly conduct. Police spokesbureaucrat O'Brien declined to comment about the rest. She said the case is still under investigation. So did she charge him with uh, driving illegally in the left turn? Nope. Or was that even, that not was even, left out of the charges? Not even there. Nice. Nope. Wow. Word of his bus traveled fast. A week later, a CBS4 colleague informed, informed Kirsch that while at the Broward Sheriff's Office Media Relations Office, he had seen a life-size poster of Kirsch's mugshot with the word captured stamped on it. The whole department knew who this guy was, for him. and they were gloating over the fact that they arrested him. She probably got a bonus for being the one to do it. The uh, story isn't over yet. We'll find out what happened to poor old Mike Kirsch coming up here in moments. 800-259-9231. This is what happens when you out the cops. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on our site we give away that we do ask you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link and you buy some stuff, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. There are 41 categories of products for you to shop in. There's a huge selection, great deals, great free super saver shipping deals on a number of their items, everything from their huge selection of books to uh, furniture even. I mean, they've got big items, little items, um, baby stuff, outdoor camping supplies, you name it, it's all there. Amazon.freetalklive.com. If you enter through that link, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. We're talking about the cops. In this particular case, the cops in the Miami area, but this might as well be Anywhere in America. This might as well be any town USA. I think big cities have it a little bit worse than uh, smaller areas. I'd have to agree. Because they're just a little bit less accountable. But we're talking about a uh, a news reporter by the name of Mike Kirsch, who worked for the CBS affiliate, and worked being the important term here, uh, for the CBS affiliate down in Miami. A couple of years ago, he ran a story outing various police departments around the South Florida area for not giving out complaint forms to people. Certainly not the most egregious of offenses. It's not like he was outing them for, you know, uh, selling drugs or doing something really corrupt and awful. In this case, they just weren't giving out police uh, complaint forms. And the departments just denied it and denied it, even though they had video yeah. footage of it. And the, par- the department put out a bolo, a be on the lookout for Mike Kirsch. The, they put out his, his driver's license information, his, his address, all the info they had on this guy. And they uh, probably, this is alleged, they updated his file so that any officer that ran his tag would have known who they were dealing with. Hey, this is the guy that outed our department a couple years ago. Get him for whatever you can. So in February of this year, one of their officers pulled him over for a routine traffic stop. It turned into an assault by the police officer. She attacked Mike Kirsch, called him an effing, an effing a-hole several times, and, uh, and arrested him, sat him in the back of the patrol car for three hours before they even took him down to the station. He was charged with uh, two misdemeanors and a felony, And we continue the story here. Oh, 
and word of his bus traveled fast. Uh, one of his CBS colleagues informed Mike Kirsch that while he was at the media relations office for the Broward County Sheriff's Office, he'd seen a life-size poster of Kirsch's mugshot with the word captured stamped on it. They were out to get this guy. And they're proud when they did. Now, yeah. who, who paid for all these posters to be put up, too? Great question. Kirsch submitted a public re- uh, public public records request to the spokes bureaucrat, Elliot Cohen, to obtain a copy of the allegedly doctored photo and the identity of any uh, Broward County Sheriff's Office employee involved in its production. According to the spokes bureaucrat's emailed response, quote, the reference document was not prepared on BSO equipment. It no longer exists and is not subject to Florida records laws, unquote. Wow. Investigation over. Quite the investigation there. Right. So uh, it's, it's, it is such... So it, it turns out my tax... Payers probably paid for this poster. <laughs> probably. They're claiming they didn't, but uh, there's no way to prove it. The right. poster doesn't exist, and they don't want to talk. They're not going to uh, look into it at all. Right. And this really goes back to the whole thin blue line mentality. The us versus them. Us versus them. Uh, I want to I comment on that more, but let me finish the story. Since then, Kirsch has been fighting to clear his name. Miami-based criminal defense lawyer who's partner with whoever, Teen obtained uh, per- Perez's personal file, this is the personnel file, this is the officer, which contains some unfavorable information about the officer. In 2006, she was reprimanded for calling a prisoner a piece of S and a loser. In addition, Perez, while working the warrants division, was repeatedly warned and counseled about her poor attitude and failed to get along with other fellow officers. A uh, private investigator also interviewed one of the other motorists who'd received a ticket from Perez. She was described as rude and condescending. But a, a lot of Miami police officers would be described that way by people. <laughs> At Kirsch's arraignment, state prosecutors dropped the two misdemeanors against him. They also reduced the felony to a misdemeanor of resisting arrest without violence. Gee, do you think that's because there was no evidence whatsoever that Mike Kirsch was violent toward the police officer? In fact, in view of the evidence, we feel that a misdemeanor, not a felony, is the appropriate charge, said the spokes bureaucrat. But the damage was done. Days before his court hearing, CBS4 dropped Kirsch. The station barred him from its Doral headquarters, pulled his bio off their website, and refused to renew his contract. Wow. CBS4 officials declined to comment. Why would they do that, Toby? They're not exactly standing behind their guy here, are they? Not at all. Why would they do it? Well... Um, Do you think that maybe they didn't want to be excluded from future press conferences? The Broward County Sheriff's Office? Whoever gets the story first, uh, first on the scene. Right, that uh, they might receive some less than preferential treatment from the Sheriff's Office in the future if they were to continue to employ this guy. You know, who knows what sort of politics were going on behind the scenes between the management at CBS4. Secret phone calls. Right, and the sheriffs and all of that. I mean, maybe they even went so far as to threaten I mean, they don't necessarily have to be explicit with their threats. No. They can be very subtle about them. In the, this past May 31st, South Florida Society of Professional Journalists, President sent Director Parker a letter requesting that the Miami-Dade police open an internal affairs investigation into Kirsch's arrest. She's still waiting for a reply. This is uh, over a month and a half later. Quote, I truly think the police thought I would cower, buckle, and that the story would be buried forever, says Kirsch. But I've been through worse. 
you got to hand it to this guy. He's he pretty is, courageous. He is a courageous man. He has been up against uh, multiple police departments, exposing corruption pretty much throughout his entire career. And look what he gets for it. CBS4 kicking him to the curb as a result of all of this. Well, I said I was surprised when you started reading the story that they even showed the video in the first place yeah. that CBS would do this. But I guess the, they don't get the credit that I gave them. Because it's really sad. Dropping the guy, not standing behind him. I would like for someone to call in and explain to me how the police department, and the government in general, but the police department specifically, is any different from any other criminal gang. Beyond the obvious of, you know, they've got a badge and a uniform. What, what, what else differentiates the police department from a violent, thuggish gang of criminals? They have cooler technology. Yeah, that's true. They get to take your money and spend yep. it on their police cars and their clubs and yeah. stuff. Put out these bulletins to target people. But really, I, I mean, look at what they're doing here. They, we get Whenever we trash on the cops on Free Talk Live, inevitably we get the emails and the phone calls from people saying, You guys aren't fair to the cops. They're not all bad. Really? Well, where are the good cops then? Yeah, I don't know. I've had quite a few encounters with police officers. Never been charged with anything or anything like that. But I can't say that they've been good. I've been treated rudely by police officers. I don't feel good when a police officer pulls in behind me. I don't feel protected. We've certainly talked to the cops that claim to be good guys on this show. They've called in, and I believe that they're out there. Of course. But look at the atmosphere that they're working under. They are working under what is essentially, you know, this code of silence where everyone in the police department backs up everybody else. It's expected. It's the thin blue line. It's the brotherhood, as they call it, mm-hmm. within the police force. You don't step outside of the brotherhood. You don't, uh, you don't talk out against one of your brothers. You, you close ranks. If one of the brothers is in trouble, you close ranks. The thin blue line wraps itself around that guy in order to protect him, and that's exactly what's gone on in the Mike Kirsch case. It's exactly what's gone on across the country in various different uh, cases of police abuse. What would happen to one of these proverbial good cops, these rumored good cops, if he actually came out and said, yeah, because they, I'm sure yeah. they think this. What if they came out and publicly spoke out and said, yeah, you know, it's wrong that uh, this Mike Kirsch wasn't able to get any uh, complaint forms. Our, our department should have complaint forms. And in fact, I'm outraged that we don't have complaint forms and I'm going on protest. I'm protesting the fact because I'm, I'm, I'm a good police <laughs> officer and I'm standing up for the rights of the citizens to be able to complain about their police departments. So I'm going to stand up and make a public uh, p- spectacle of myself and, and rise to the, uh, the top and go on news shows and talk out. What would happen to him in his department? Well, he'd be. I think he would be out of a job very quickly, and in a couple of years we'd probably be reading a similar story like what happened to this guy where he got a bullet and put out of him and he's targeted. Yeah. I mean, right. it's like shingles on a roof, protecting each other. Each shingle protects the other, and if, if you rip one off, there starts to, a hole starts to form. I mean... Just protectionism, protectionism, protectionism. It's uh, it's disgusting. So this is one reason why the good cops, the, all the claims of good cops being in these departments, are they fall on deaf ears for me because the good cops can't do anything it's about impossible. institutionalized protectionism like this. Right. It rises all the way to the chief of police. And in fact, we've had former cops. Now, the former cops, they have no problem speaking out because there's no political pressure being put on them. There's an incredible amount of political pressure within the, uh, within the bureaucracies. Mm-hmm. But once the cops have gotten out of the, uh, the policing business, 
we've actually heard from them who they've they've come on this show and they've said, you know what, the reason I left policing was because the corruption rises through the ranks. Right. Corrupt officers are more likely to be promoted into positions of power over the other officers. It's very, very likely that the chiefs of police and the upper administrative bureaucrats in your local police departments are more corrupt than those than the street officers. More on the way, hour number two is coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. It's Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That would be the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features on our site, we give them away, so enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. Rolling right into the phone calls to start things out this hour with Frank in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Frank? Ah, hello, gentlemen. Uh, Yeah, you know, there really doesn't seem to be too much of a difference between sort of like uh, organized crime and some of these police departments in this country. Nope. And I just hope that the reporter uh, will get his attorney to actually file RICO charges against the police force, which I don't think it's done any good in the past. Pardon me? It really hasn't done anybody any good in the past. You you can't get anywhere filing charges against the cops. It's very difficult. It was interesting. In Pittsburgh, there was a case about 10 or 12 years ago whereby civil rights of uh, the citizens were violated. And actually, the Justice Department under Clinton actually had uh, an order whereby the police department was actually, uh, for a number of years, I think four to six years, under the direct supervision of the Justice Department because of the complaints, the abuses by the police officers and things, and that might be, you know, something, you know, for his counsel to look at, but the reason why I called tonight was Mm -hmm. this. I was so overwhelmed by the excitement regarding the Save the Earth concert over the weekend, and I just wanted to say this about Al Gore III. Wasn't it responsible that he was speeding in a hybrid car over 100 miles an hour with his organic uh, drugs and uh, organic marijuana and uh, synthetic drugs. And uh, all I can say is this: I don't think charges will be, you know, brought against him yeah. in uh, California. And isn't it nice that when you're rich and powerful, uh, that you can make any felony crime just a private family matter? Yeah, that's how it typically is with uh, the sons and daughters of politicians. I remember mm-hmm. back down uh, when I lived in Florida, the daughter of Jeb Bush got oh, yes. in trouble for yep. uh, for drug possession. In fact, she was at a drug re- she was already in trouble for uh, drug yes. possession, and they sent her to rehab. She was at the drug rehab center when they found a crack rock in her uh, sock, wow. apparently. Yes. And again, just another just another slap on the wrist. And that's exactly uh, Jeb Bush said exactly what Al Gore said about his Absolutely. son. And that is, this is a private matter. No comment. Well, that was Noelle Bush, and she was also arrested several times for writing false prescriptions to get narcotics yes. without a legitimate prescription. That's right. And That's what it was originally for. That's right. Exactly. And what's really sad, though, is that you know if this is the, the quote-unquote leadership class, this country's done, baby. Oh, yeah. It's been Time done. to emigrate yeah. to India. <laughs> I like New Hampshire. <laughs> 
Well, thanks, th- a lot, thanks for guys. the call, Frank. Appreciate hearing from you. You know, it's interesting that he brought that up because I wanted to touch a little bit more on this sort of protectionist mentality that right. is, perv- is pervasive throughout the uh, the police departments in America and just government uh, people in general. Anyone with power. Anybody with uh, with a little bit of power, they get protected. All the rest of us, we get thrown to the wolves as far as if we were to be busted as Al Gore's son was busted, speeding with multiple prescription drugs that didn't mm-hmm. belong to us as far as our prescriptions. We didn't have those prescriptions. He had multiple, uh, like three or four drugs on him, uh, plus marijuana. We would have gone and seen some hard time for that. Oh, yeah. There, were, there are guys in Florida serving 25-year mandatory minimum sentences on prescription drug so-called crimes. Just people that were possessing the drugs they needed to help relieve their pain. This guy was taking them, obviously, not for pain purposes. He just wanted to get high. It wasn't, I don't believe it was Al Gore's son's first run in with the law, and uh, but apparently it doesn't matter. You can just run into the law as much as you want if you're the child of a uh, vice president or the child of the governor. Yeah, uh, yeah. those cases that I've seen, uh, some people just have a single prescription that's not theirs, um, and they go to jail for Pretty much life, 25 years. Instant felony. Yep, but he gets away with several bottles of it, plus other uh, so-called crimes, and he's scot-free. Now, last hour we were talking about a case out of Miami, which was just absolutely outrageous. And if you want to recap that, you can grab the archive later tonight at freetalklive.com. But the case mentioned the name of the Miami police chief, John Timoney. And that name rang a bell to me. So I did a little Google search and found that... uh, His son, speaking of politically connected people, the son of Police Chief John Timoney in Miami was sentenced to 18 months in federal prison for trying to buy 400 pounds of marijuana. Wow. And he only got 18 months? Only got 18 months. Now, I've known people who have had significantly less than that and gone away for a much longer time. They had less marijuana, went away for a longer time. Yes. Sean Timoney, who was 26 at the time, pleaded guilty to conspiracy to possess with intent to distribute marijuana. He and uh, one of other, one other guy were arrested at a hotel after giving the DEA agent a gym bag filled with about $455,000 in cash. Federal officials said the defendants planned to distribute the drugs in and around Philadelphia, where Sean Timoney lives. Uh, Sean Timoney could have faced up to 40 years in prison. After his release, he'll be supervised for four years and required to enter a drug treatment program. Which, again, this is a slap in, on the hand compared to what most people get. Yeah, they should have inserted there. Could have faced 40 years, but luckily his dad's the police chief. Listen to what he said at his, uh, at his sentencing hearing. This is Sean's quote. Quote, Of course money was a factor, but if I didn't have a drug problem, I wouldn't need to be pursuing money illegitimately. Wait a minute. Nobody has a $100,000 drug problem. You you could not snort that much cocaine. So wow. I'm not sure exactly why anyone believed this guy. I, obviously, they, they just... This was a show trial. This, uh, that's all this was. Uh, his dad was in court, didn't comment. The elder Timoney is well-known in law enforcement. He rose through the ranks of the New York Police Department, which I've known a former NYPD officer, knew him in person. I asked him once how many of his co-workers were corrupt. Without me, uh, missing a beat, he looked me straight in the eye and said, every single one of them. Well, that makes me feel good. So he rose. The, so John Timoney rose through the ranks of the NYPD to become a chief and the first deputy commissioner. He later became police chief uh, or la- police commissioner in Philly before moving to Miami. Sean Timoney's lawyer says cops' kids have been getting in trouble since the beginning of time, as though this is no big deal. This is a good boy who did something wrong, but he'll go on to lead a very decent and productive life. 
Well, that's totally different from what happens to everybody else who gets convicted of marijuana right. uh, possession or, or intent to distribute. They get a permanent record. They spend uh, years upon years in jail, not some piddly 18-month sentence in a minimum security federal prison, which you know is where he ended right. up going. Uh, they spend years in jail, and then they have to go out and try to get a job in the real world where nobody wants to hire them. Because they have this record. Because they have the record. Well, that's because they're criminals, don't you see? Um, he, uh, but he, Sean Timoney's just a good boy. Well, he has a medical issue. He, he's addicted <laughs> to substance, and it's a medical issue for I him. love this. They make it seem like he just made a mistake. You don't get to dealing... <laughs> you don't get to dealing 400 pounds of marijuana with gym bags filled with $455,000 in cash on your first go-round. Yeah, I'm guessing this wasn't his first time. Yeah, you, you kind of have to move up in the ranks. <laughs> over time in order to... Although I suppose you could argue that Daddy gave him some connections and uh, and hooked him up. Of course, nobody investigated that aspect of the case. I mean, what are the odds that Daddy didn't know that his son was doing 400-pound deals right under his nose in his jurisdiction in Miami? Yeah, that's a lot of money to have and just cover up about. A lot of cash lying around. The man who was arrested with Sean, Mr. Sue was his name apparently, J. Sue, was uh, he pleaded guilty to the same charge and was sentenced to 37 months in prison. Huh. They were both arrested, same place, same time, same criminal charge. One got 18 months, the other 37. Things that make you go, hmm. Were they tried together? or? Uh, well, I don't know. I'm trying to give them some leeway here, like... Hopefully, like, there's got to have some kind of excuse for this, because how can you have two people, same crime, together, accomplices, but totally different outcomes? Well, the uh, lawyer who was representing Mr. Timoney said his client chose to self-medicate with marijuana because of Lyme disease contracted at a young age. And, you know, if that's really true, great. I have no... I, I don't care if he was selling pot. I right. don't care about that. I don't care if he was smoking it for medical reasons. I just care about the discrepancy between those who are politically connected and the sentences they receive and the rest of us. Exactly. In my opinion, he shouldn't go, have face any time for selling this much pot or any amount. But and I'm shocked that he was claiming that the marijuana was his drug of choice. I mean, if you claim cocaine, at least then that's a, uh, you know it's more expensive to have a coke habit. Yeah. To smoke marijuana, not very expensive, and you certainly don't need to sell 400 pounds of marijuana to cover the cost. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. The show is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on our site, we give them away. So enjoy those on us. And some of those features include the wiki. Over 1,350 pages created by listeners just like you. It's like the listener editable version of our website. Wiki.freetalklive.com gets you to it. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. And SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can by so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's 1-800-544-6359 for SACL CAI. We've been focusing on police corruption so far yeah, in not, the show. Not too hard to find. No, there's always there's always fresh uh, corrupt cop stories uh, coming out. 
But let's shift gears a little bit and just talk about relationships with the cops. Because obviously with the police out there arresting our friends and our family members and our neighbors for Mm -hmm. such awful crimes as smoking a joint, um, those sorts of evil, evil crimes... Uh, With the police out there doing things like this, instead of, you know, chasing after rapists and murderers, it's understandable that people might be a little angry at the cops. Mm -hmm. In fact, I saw a story today, which was a video package. I can't really... There wasn't a news story to go along with it, so I can't really uh, give you anything official, but it was out of Arizona... And what's going on down there, and this may be going on across the country, I don't know, I'm too old to to be involved in what this is, but you're aware of the skate parks, right, Toby? Yes. The city-built, government-created right. mm-hmm. skate parks. There are a handful of them that I guess are privately funded, but most of them I, appear to be done by cities. Right. Well, apparently, you're allowed to skateboard at the skate park, but not BMX bike. <laughs> on a public skate park. That's correct. Wow. So, I mean, if you are a skater slash biker or whatever, and you can comment that this is happening in your area, I would like to hear from you at 800-259-9231. But it's definitely happening down in Arizona. What's been going on is these young young kids, and rem- remember, the reason the skate park was built, with it, you know, they've got ramps and stuff, and people can do tricks, and right. that's what they like to do. The reason it's built, allegedly, was to give the kids a place to go to where they can be safe and not be, you know, uh, destroying business owners' property and, um, you know, uh, give them uh, something to do beyond go and take drugs, yep, right? That's I the remember one. when they put the one in here in Keene, that's the argument they had. Maybe you should check and see if uh, the Keene one is, has banned bicyclists. I see not down allowed. there. I, okay, if they, well, that's if they good. do it there, at least they're not enforcing it yet here in Keene. Well, in Arizona they are, and kids... Kids as young as 12 years old have been arrested for riding a BMX bike, which is a little trick bike, basically, is what it is. Uh, It doesn't have full-size mountain bike wheels. It's little wheels. Anyway, they've been riding these bikes, these trick bikes, and uh, the cops have been called out. They've they've arrived on the scene, and they've put kids in handcuffs, confiscated their bikes over the fact that they were riding their bikes at the skateboard park. Ooh, this sounds like a great way to develop early rapport with the kids. Yeah, this is really, yeah, right, exactly. And that's where I want to go with this, is to point out that the cops seem to be doing everything they possibly can to make kids, young people, and, and adults hate them. Hate I'd have to agree. With a passion. Well, let me sh- give you a little bit more info on what happened in Arizona. The kids, the bike, the BMX bike crowd, they got a little upset about the fact that, the, well, the skaters are allowed to skate at the skate park. Why can't we ride our bikes at the skate park? It's same deal. They're doing tricks and stuff. Understandably. So they staged a protest where about mm, six dozen, 70, about 70 uh, BMX bikers came out to the park all at the same time. And, you know, they were just biking around and having a good time. Well, of course, the cops ended up getting called out. And the cops came out there and they started tearing up their signs and, you know, just being mean as they typically tend to do and confiscating people's video cameras, that sort of thing. And it was just it was just really sad. And then this one 12 year old went in and uh, they they had another protest later on. And this 12 year old sort of broke ranks and he went in and, and rode his bike and once again was was handcuffed by the police Parents were even there saying, look, this isn't fair. Our tax dollars went to pay for this, right. and you aren't allowing our kids who happen to happen to like riding a bike as opposed to a skateboard to ride in these parks. And the cops didn't have anything to say to it except the standard old response of, you know, we're just doing our jobs. Talk to the city council. Hey, you got to give it to the kids for standing up like that and doing the civil disobedience, though. I mean, we can't get... 
regular folks to do it. But Yeah, I, I really do have to hand it to those kids in that case. And we'll, let's talk a little bit more about this here in a moment. Let's roll into the phone calls here. Talk to Jay in Ohio, listening on WAIS. Hello, Jay. How you doing, guys? Great. What's on your mind? I'm formerly of Pittsburgh, and I'm familiar with the the law that gentleman was talking about. Which one? He said it started the Citizens Review Board in Pittsburgh, and the citizens that they reviewed, the people to review them, that's why I left Pittsburgh. Um, you left Pittsburgh because of the Citizens Review Board or the bad yes, cops? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, we've had we had a police officer drug a mile down the road by certain. Certain people, you know, you know, it's kind of like you guys are beating a dead horse. It's like the Catholic Church. I what mean, do you mean we're beating a dead horse? These cops is, are out there abusing people, Jay. This, 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 the cops, this, this is, there's a few bad apples. No, guys. no, 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 Jay. There's more than a few. It's institutionalized bad apples. The whole, the whole tree is rotten to the core. I, I disagree. Well, you know what? There may be some good guys out there, but why is it the good guys don't speak out against the bad guys in the police departments? How do you explain that one? I, I believe that they do. They don't. Uh, did you hear the story uh, from Miami? The story about the uh, the reporter who reported. I heard, what you, I heard you guys talking about it. Yes, there was a reporter in Miami who outed 35 Miami police departments with undercover video for not giving out complaint forms to citizens when they requested them. The cops targeted him for retaliation. They arrested him in front of his three-year-old daughter on trumped-up charges. They assaulted him, attacked him, threw him in a jail cell, and then gloated about it by printing out pictures of his face, um, huge life-size pictures of his face, stamping caught on it, and making fun of him, and... uh, and then he got fired from his job, and not one person in the police department came out in favor of this guy. Not one police officer came out to say, you know what, what our police department is doing is wrong here. They should not be targeting this man. He did the, the public a service of showing the fact that these police departments won't hand out simple complaint forms. No one stood up to talk out in favor of this man within the police department. Where are all the good cops, Jay? Now, are that, you was, telling- now that was Broward County? Yes, that's correct, Miami. Broward County? Yeah, well, you know, I, uh, I, I'm not familiar with Broward County, but... Uh, oh, I see. So all of Broward County can be rotten to the core, but yeah. where you live, they're all okay, right? I, I've seen at incidences where, where people and the, the police chief or the, the... He would take issue with the with an officer that, that went maybe above above duty or beyond duty, whatever you guys would well, call Well, as I said, now you live in uh, a little place in I Ohio. I live in a little town in Ohio. Right. And I as I said at the beginning of... I left the city of Pittsburgh because of the Citizens Review Board. You're, say, you're saying that, that the police shouldn't be reviewed by citizens? No, not the citizens they represented. The Review Board. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, as I pointed out at the beginning of the story... Little towns don't have it as bad as big cities. The facts are, I mean, what do you say to the police officer that I've known in the past from the New York Police Department that told me straight out every cop he knew was corrupt in the New York Police Department? I, I, I don't believe that, guys. I, I, just, I, I think you're beating a dead horse. I think like you're living Catholic in a fantasy starts. world and you're it's closing like your Catholic eyes to reality, starts, Jay. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Denial is the most common human response. <laughs> 800-259-9231. We'll talk about what the cops are doing to establish their relationship with the people coming up. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. 
Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Toby. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features for free, archives included. An entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Enjoy those on us. That's freetalklive.com. Opportunistic lawyers, judges, future ex-spouses, disgruntled ex-employees, and meddling bureaucrats. These people want your money, home, and car. What have you done to protect yourself? At KeepYourAssets.net, they're experts in sheltering your wealth. Go to KeepYourAssets.net and take their asset protection crash course today. They'll show you how to keep your assets. That's KeepYourAssets.net. Talking about the police. And we just got off the phone with Jay in Ohio who claims... No, there's just a few bad apples out there. A couple of them. Why are you even talking about them? Yeah, this isn't news. It's just occasionally the cops do something bad. There's just one or two of them. But but that's not the case. And nobody who lives in a big city would tell you different. You don't even have to be in a big city. Medium-sized, small cities, the police departments are out of control. Even in small towns, the corruption is there. It's just not as visible. Right. Because everybody knows everybody else in a small town, and if everybody's corrupt in the small town, it's it's all kept on the down low. And if somebody comes to close to getting in trouble, the prosecutor will just you know make the charges go away, push it under the rug, or the mayor will intervene. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's all kinds of small town politics that can go on here as well. You know, there he says there's only a few bad apples, but I I think that there's a good chance you could do a total show three hours a night, six days a week on just corrupt cop stories. Have we done anything besides corrupt cop stories tonight? (laughs) Well, there's there's enough of them out there that, yeah, there's plenty of them to pick on, and these are just the ones that get reported. Let's not forget about all the corrupt cops out there that we don't hear news stories about because they get away with it. Because people were intimidated by the police Mm -hmm. into staying silent because they knew, like what happened to Mike Kirsch down in Miami, this reporter, he was fired from his job, He uh, he was harassed and assaulted by the police. Nobody wants that to happen to them. They don't want it to happen to their girlfriend or boyfriend or spouse or or their kids. They don't want to get into trouble with these violent individuals masquerading as police officers. Right. They're going to take away your freedom. Let's go to the phones and talk to Lee in Montana, listening on KGEZ. You're on Free Talk Live, Lee. Good evening, lads. Hey, um, yeah, my oldest boy, uh, his last term of high school, he uh, found out he needed 20 hours of community service and but the only thing that he could rack up 20 hours in was the Explorer Group. Oh, boy. It could be a good program. That's where they teach young kids. You get to do driveabouts with the cops. Right, right along, sure. Yeah, I called them driveabouts, and, of course, everybody called them wiener pigs. <laughs> okay. Because they were just little baby guys. And um, this is in Oregon. And... Um, yes? He, he was dealing with cops that were the same cops that I dealt with 20-some years earlier. Okay. Just about ready to retire. And a couple of the older guys were pretty cool. They said they were okay, but basically any of the younger guys were into, you know, get somebody in trouble. We're doing speed checks here. Hey, that guy's doing uh, H. Should we let him go or get him? He says, oh, I don't know. Let's let him go. Give him the 10. Another guy's doing six. I don't like that guy. I've seen him before. We'll get him. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who's only doing six. But the most important thing was there was quite a gay thing going on between the officers. What do you mean? 
Uh, like, you could go up to their place and uh, get some molded beverages, maybe have a little weed. The one guy got busted and wound up in Oregon State Pen. Wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. You're saying that the officers in the Explorers program were offering, yeah, were offering am, drinks and marijuana to the Explorers? That is correct. They had videos. That's what, that's what slammed their tail in the, in the clinker. Tip, this is the tip of the iceberg, Lee. This is a town of 10,500 people. Thank you. Oh, come on. That's just uh, the bad apples you it's, found there. It's ama- oh, yeah, just the bad yeah, apples. Well, the the working with the kids. coincidentally, would make you a deal when I was a kid if you went in the back room with them. So Who would? I'll just pay my $105 speed contest ticket and... Uh, Wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Rewind. Speaking. Hold on. Let me make sure I heard you correctly. When you were younger... Arresting officers offered uh, to let you out with if you would perform sexual favors for them. Not that, no, not not these particular offer. Uh, wait, run that question past me. What, one more what time. did you say there? For oh, I, I missed what you I said. I said this judge when I was a kid. A judge, okay. Okay, notorious hanging judge. You get a hundred and five dollar ticket for a speed contest when you're both driving down the street at twenty seven miles an hour in a twenty five mm-hmm. because you're together. Of course, you got hog cars. Okay. Wow. Get past that. The one guy, he gets a seven dollar fine. Wait, who got a seven dollar fine? If you want to play the game, the game is you go in the back room on another day and. So he uh, got a seven dollar fine because he played the game with the judge. That's correct. Amazing. He said, "I wished I would have paid the hundred and five bucks." I will not be playing any games. This is, I'm telling you, this is the tip of the iceberg. I mean, the more experiences you have with the police department and people that know the police, people that are close Correct. to the police, the more you learn about what really goes on behind the scenes. And, and people like Jay in Ohio are completely, you know, they're, they are just plugging their ears and essentially going, la, 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 because they just yeah, don't yeah. want to hear bad things about the cops. It, 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 it just smashes their reality. It smashes their worldview. And it... It gets them very nervous. They don't like thinking that cops could be bad. Oh. But the fact is, I believe most of them are. This was in 1970, man. Amazing. This is why my son grew up. I said, man, you don't want to be no wiener pig, but he's got to get the 20 hours. I mean, he's bad in a four-point GPA, so kind of want to graduate with the rest of his class. And so he went ahead and did it. But he says, yeah, he says, uh, I know exactly all those stories you told me, Dad. He says, and I got some others. But amazing, Lee. Thank you for sharing. We really appreciate well, hearing would... from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Can you imagine? I mean, what? How ballsy! I... You, you've got kids with you in the Explorer program, and you're offering them marijuana and alcohol. Well, in a way, it's kind of like showing that, look, this is cool. It's cool to be a cop. You get to flaunt the law. Yeah, but you would think that they'd be a little bit more careful. Yeah, keep I mean, it on the down low a little right. bit. Right, kids blab. Kids talk. And uh, that's not very wise. Of course, then again, cops aren't known for their intelligence. We know that there are police departments around the country that have rejected applicants for their jobs for to become a police officer, rejected yep. people because they scored too high on the IQ test. Yeah, they wanted, I think they said they wanted officers with an average IQ of 100. Right. They want, they want C-grade students. Yep. They want people in the police department Take who orders. aren't going to question the orders they're given. Right. They don't want police who think for themselves... They don't want police to think outside of the box, which is one of the other reasons why 
they're so suspiciously silent when all this negative news comes out. That's why, because really, the, the good guys are kind of kept out of the system. I mean, if an intelligent cop comes across a law that should be questioned, they're not going to just give out tickets. We were talking about the, these BMX bikes, and the cops are like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't like the law, but, you know, it's my job to enforce the law. Well, someone with a little bit of intelligence is going to start questioning these laws. Yeah, that's not right. I mean, hello, skating versus bicycling. Pretty much the same. Wheels on machines, and what's the big deal? Just doing my job. They just like harassing people is what it is. And we've we've seen story after story of this institutionalized corruption. Let's continue with the calls. Glenn in Missouri. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Glenn. Glenn in Missouri going once. Do we have Glenn in Missouri going twice? We'll try putting Glenn back on hold. In the meantime, we'll go to Andrew in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live, Andrew. What's on your mind? I don't know if we have Andrew. Andrew going once. Andrew going twice. Who is this? Hello? Should be Andrew. Andrew! We have you. What's on your mind? Andrew's gone. All right. Well, then fine. Uh, Back to Miami. Just one more more story for (laughs) Miami. I promise. Uh, we, We mentioned police chief John Timoney. And this is a guy whose son was busted for 400 pounds, mm-hmm. doing a 400-pound marijuana deal. And it, he's mentioned in this story, there's a song, apparently, that students in Liberty City, Florida, which is nearby, are sending a message through their music. The police, they're all right. That's the name of the song, and it's one of 17 on a CD that will be released in August. I'll tell you a little bit more about that CD, and we'll play you a clip of the song Ooh, coming up wait. here in a moment. 800-259-9231. Yeah. It's as bad as you think it might be. Maybe worse. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can uh, take control of the airwaves, bring up anything you want. You can also join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on our site are totally free. So enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping at store.freetalklive.com. Lots of products, lots of great products, in fact. Uh, all Many of them with the Free Talk Live logo emblazoned proudly upon them. I think you're going to like what you see. It's store.freetalklive.com. Place your order today. Uh, let's go to the phones. We're going to try Glenn again in Missouri, and then we'll talk about this cop song down in Miami. Uh, Glenn, you're back on Free Talk Live, or hopefully you're on Free hey. Talk Live. Hello. Hey, and uh, Toby, you got me this time? Yes. What's on your mind? Yeah, I was just going to relate a quick story here that kind of reinforces what you've been talking about with okay. uh, police officers and how people are intimidated from filing reports. Yes. And that several years ago, we had a police officer here who was in a, a homosexual relationship with a college student. Uh-oh. And the college student wanted to break it off, but the police officer kept visiting him and, and patrolled the area where the student lived. Hmm. Finally, the student said, hey, if you don't stop bothering me, I'm going to out you with the police department. Right. And the officer took out a knife and slit his throat. Oh, my goodness. And uh, wow. the next day, this officer was off duty, but he volunteered to come in and help with the investigation of the murder of the guy he yes. killed. Yeah. How did how did it end up coming out that it was him? How did the uh, the news break? The the student the student had talked with friends, and the friends kind of knew that he'd had some kind of relationship with a police officer, and that mm-hmm. came came out in the investigation. And within three four days, they they arrested him. But, what happened uh, to the cop? I really wanted to, 
What I really wanted to talk about, though, was that during the trial, three women came forward that said that he tried to use his authority as a police officer to coerce sexual favors out of them. Three women yep. came forward. Now this is this goes back to this talks to what Toby said earlier that we see all kinds of stories of police corruption in the news, mm-hmm. but what about the people that never come forward? The fact that three women have the courage to come forward inevitably leads me to ask how, how many, many women more? are out there that don't yep. have that courage? Yep. Exactly, exactly. How many women? This is a college town. How many women in oh. seven years on the force did he coerce sex out of? My goodness. And why? Was this never reported? Why was there never a complaint filed? Obviously, the women felt intimidated that that they could not succeed if they filed a complaint. What happened and to the police officer? if they had been able to file a complaint, you know, perhaps this officer wouldn't have still been on the force and committed this murder. Well, maybe, though we've certainly seen, again, how the, the, uh, the police officers close ranks whenever there's... I mean, uh, these complaints would not have been serious as a murder charge, obviously. Uh, they'll, they'll take it a little bit more seriously when that one of their officers is accused of murder. Then, the, then they have to be careful with how they, they talk. But when it, when it comes to people making allegations against their, uh, their cop buddies, they tend to close the thin blue line around them and, uh, and protect them. And at the very, le- very most, you'll usually just see them getting shuffled to another department or... Maybe or a trans- cushy jo- right, desk job. Trans- transferred to a desk job for a short period of time or something like that. Uh, but it, it's really just disgusting. Well, do you know what happened to the officer in this particular circumstance? Oh, he was convicted of murder. And uh, the last I heard, um, uh, somehow part of his sentence got overturned. He wasn't sentenced to death. We have that here. Uh, but uh, they're resentencing him or something. How do you feel? How do you feel about the, the allegation from Jay earlier, who said this is just a few bad apples? How do you well, feel you that? know, I mean, we've had other cases here. At least when they they become public, the 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 police force here seems to take care of it. You know, we had another case where a police officer was was uh, his girlfriend had dropped him, and he was on his uh, getting tracking devices and putting it on the girl's car, Jeez. and. Uh, tracking her and stalking her and everything else. And she came forward to the police with a complaint, and she actually had the device and everything, physical evidence. Wow. You know, uh, and, uh, you know, yeah, he uh, wasn't on the force very long. Now, where where do you live? Is it a, uh, what's the size of the area you live? Uh, it's a it's a university city, about a hundred thousand. Okay, so not a not a big city per se. It's more of a uh, medium sized city. Um, and again, the corruption is just pervasive throughout the country, and it's just their story after story. It's just outrageous, and it's unbelievable that people could just close their eyes and their ears to all this and continue to pretend that the police are all a bunch of good guys out there, and there's just one or two bad ones running around. Any final thoughts for us? No. No, just reinforces, uh, you know, that you just, people just feel intimidated from complaining. They sure do. Thanks, Glenn. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Brent in Montana, listening on KGEZ. You're on Free Talk Live, Brent. Yeah. Hi. Are you there? I couldn't hear you. You sound like you went away. No, we're here. We've got you. What's on your mind? Well, okay. Well, uh, I got a short story. I got a couple of comments. Uh, One, you know, people can't argue, most people anyway, can't argue with a badge and a gun. It reminds me of uh, the old uh, Western TV shows where the sheriff was the man and, and you didn't cross the sheriff. Right. And so, but anyway, my story is uh, there was a, a, a kid in Phoenix. I think he was a college kid. He was walking down the street uh, close to a park. He had a backpack on and the police pulled up 
two of them in the car and got out. They put him up against the up against the car. They patted him down. They took his backpack off. They dumped it all out on the sidewalk mm. and didn't find nothing. And so they threatened him and said, "If we ever catch a kid carrying anything, you're going to jail." And they drove off with the kid standing there with all these stuff strewn all over the sidewalk. You know that's just that's just uncalled for. They had no reason to. The kid. Oh, sure they did. No, no, they had a reason. He was a kid. See, here's how they operate. They're just like any other bully. They pick on the little guys. They pick on the the kids. They pick on the uh, the people with the beat up cars. They pick on the people that they know are you know easy marks. They know yeah. they aren't going to go for a lawyer. They don't people know the who system. look like they don't know their rights. They don't know their rights. They're they're not confident, um, and they run roughshod all over them. And they know that the odds are good that that kid's just going to pick up his stuff. He's just going to curse under his breath, and he's going to move on. He'll never do anything about it. Did he do anything? Uh, probably not. Nope. But what it does, you know, it just creates uh, hatred for law enforcement because you know that he went and told his friends what happened, and they all mm-hmm. talked about Damn right. how bad the cops are. And, you, you know, I'll tell you what, there's been times when I've even pulled off the road and stopped because I didn't want to get hassled. I just kind of had a feeling that they were out cruising around looking for trouble. I mean, I avoid them, you know, and you shouldn't feel that way. You should really think that they're there to protect and serve. Right. When got, you look in your got, rear, when you look in your rearview mirror and see a cop, you should feel like, oh, okay, great. I feel like I'm protected. I don't feel that way when I look in my rearview mirror, no. and I'm not carrying anything on my in my car. I think at any moment's notice that cop could flip on his lights, pull me over, and put a gun to my head for whatever reason. Because they're unpredictable. You yes. feel like you need to pull off the road if there's a cop following you. They're like dangerous animals. I've done exactly that, Brent. I've had cops follow me before. I've pulled into whatever nearby shopping center there is, waited for him to pass, and then got back on the road. If there's an opportunity when there's a cop behind me, I do it just to relieve the anxiety I feel when they're behind me. It's just it's just sad, man. And how do you feel about these people, Brent, that, that will tell you, oh, well, Brent, it's just the tip of the iceberg. Most cops are good cops. Uh, well, why? I kind of laughed when that guy said that. I, I, I kind of chuckled, and I said, you know what? You live in a small town, and you're sheltered, and, and you were absolutely right about the comment you made that people are uh, have a tendency to be in denial. And, and they are. They're in denial about a lot of stuff. Absolutely. Brent, thank you for the but call. Appreciate the other, hearing. The oh. other comment, I have one more yeah, comment. Yeah, sure. Quick, quick. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed also is uh, police officers from big cities like Los Angeles, uh, San Francisco, maybe Phoenix and stuff like that, I think they get tired of the big city, and they move up here to these small towns in the northwest, and they bring that attitude with them. Mm, make a name for themselves in a little town or well, something like that. Well, you know, the small towns up here, like Kalispell, is not really small, but it's fairly small. It's uh, like 130,000, 40,000 people in the really? whole area. But mm-hmm. but they bring that California attitude up here. Uh, before, the police were like your neighbors or something. They were decent decent people. Right. They used and to be peace officers, and there's a there's been a, a major shift in the world of policing to where they used to just simply exist to keep the peace. Now they exist to enforce the law, no matter how bad the law is, and it's just despicable. Great call. Thank you for making I, it, I, Brent. 800-259-9231. Short on time for the hour. But I find it interesting, Toby, that we've got people like Brent and Lee calling in mm-hmm. who very clearly have some age to them. They've, they sound a little older than, say, 20, right? Uh-huh. 
Um, and look at their attitude about the police. Look at how it's been affected by all of the stories, the bad, uh, bad cops, and their personal experiences, their personal accounts. The cops make enemies at a young age with, uh, by enforcing all of these bad laws. And there's their enemies, these, uh, which are just friends of yours and mine, your neighbors and your family members, they grow older and they never get any respect back for the police because the cops are getting worse. Not surprising at all. They're, I mean, not, they're not getting more respectful. My dad always told me, never go to a police officer if you're last time I was lost it when I was little. Yeah, never go to a police officer for anything if you can avoid it. 800-259-9231, the cop song, coming up. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you as we launch an hour number three of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on our site, we give them away. So enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. There's been about a, a bit of a theme this evening, and it wasn't because we planned it that way. It's... Uh, we just sort of started talking about uh, corrupt cops and uh, just awful things that certain certain police officers around the country have done. And uh, One story leads to another. One story led into another. Phone calls have been generated, so let's continue with the calls. Uh, let's talk to, it is Andrew on the line in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live. Andrew, what's on your mind? Howdy, guys. Hey, what's up? I want to talk about the uh, episode I saw on uh, Discovery Channel the other day about the Holocaust. What about it? Um, you know, the Holocaust never happened, you know. Yep. Oh, is that right? Yes, sir. And how are you going to back that up? Well, the six million Jews that supposedly died never really died. All right, get off my phones. 800-259-9231. That's just outrageous. Uh, I can't say anything to that. There's no, there's no reason to even entertain that crap. Let's go on and talk to Jeff in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jeff. Jeff in Montana listening on KGEZ. Do we have Jeff? Jeff going once? Jeff. Hello. Going? Hey, Jeff. Hey, wow, somebody is uh, a little uh, disillusioned there. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, that's just outrageous. Um, How anyone can make a suggestion like that is, uh, it's just complete fantasy. Uh, yeah. So what's Anyways, I have a story. Um, I was driving between a couple of towns here. This was probably about two years ago. The towns are uh, about 20 miles apart, and it was about midnight. I was driving home from my friend's house. We were just playing video games and and then just hanging out, and got about halfway home. Um, I'm driving the speed limit, and a cop's been following me since I left town there. And all of a sudden, I mean, I'm going the speed limit. I mm-hmm. usually always do, but um, all of a sudden, he just kind of races past me. Just He doesn't turn his lights on or anything. He just kind of disappears into the the night there. Okay. Um, and I see there's another car behind me about 200 yards, and this car stays that, that far behind me, I mean, this for the rest of the 10 miles. And, um, and then I get into the other town, and I, I see it's a, it's a police car following me. Um, and he follows me around one corner and then another corner, practically all the way to my house. And, okay. I mean, basically, this, this is entrapment. The, the cop blazes past me, you know. What, wait, where's the entrapment to, part? Well, 
well, he he speeds past me, trying you know make me think he leaves, and and then uh, his friend is right behind. Yeah, these, these cops are trying to catch me by basically making you know the first guy go ahead, disappear, speed off, and gotcha. then I can start speeding now. Right, and then the other one hangs back, so you can't tell it's a cop from that distance, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah, I couldn't tell at all, but. So did they know. end up pulling think, you over, or was it just uh, just that you made that observation? No, I, I did nothing wrong, and I was, I mean, they are probably hoping to, I don't know, catch me doing something wrong, but... Well, you said you were going the, the speed limit. They're here to protect and serve. They're right. not here to try and trap citizens. Ah, uh, but you see, you've been misled. They, they uh, are tax collectors. They, they are here to protect and serve. That much is true, but they don't tell you what the rest of that uh, phrase is. And the rest of the phrase is to protect and serve the state. Because if they were actually here for our best interests, they'd be acting a whole lot differently oh, than yeah. they currently do. Uh, their job is to protect the government from us. That's what their job is. And meet quota on the rest. Meet quotas and serve the state with all kinds of uh, of uh, extracted money from citizens just like you. Now, do you have you ever had in- encounters with the cops before? Um, nothing. No, not nothing serious. But, well, that's I mean, good. I respect the police. I've I've met a lot of nice police officers but then you know they're they're not all that way and uh certainly true and that's one of the reasons why you probably got off easy was because you hadn't had much of a record those who have been caught in the past this is one of the other ways they operate is that those they catch and they they give tickets to or they arrest for marijuana charges or whatever trumped up garbage they're uh, they're charging you with once they find out that you're a mark that you're an easy mark that that you'll go and you'll plead plead guilty or you'll pay the fine or whatever without any challenge or without question, then they'll hit you again. Yep. And they'll hit you again because right. they they just like a bully in a schoolyard, they know exactly who the suckers are. Yeah, it's it's interesting to talk to people who have been arrested for something like a marijuana charge, for example, um, and then find out that they were arrested again a couple of weeks after they get out. Mm-hmm. Get out, and wow, that can't just be a coincidence. Chances are the they're being targeted. Exactly. There's no doubt about it. Jeff, thanks for the call. Appreciate the story. 800-259-9231. So we've been discussing how bad the cops are, and apparently some of the cops know that the people in the in the general public don't really care much for them, and so they're trying to do something about it, at least down in Miami. Here's one example of what the cops are trying to do to make things better. Students in Liberty City are sending a message through music. The police, they're all right the song is one of 17 on a CD that will be released in August. The music was written and performed by children in the Miami Police Athletic League's Liberty Square Summer Program. Ooh, they have a nice name, Liberty Square. The students said they hope their music will lessen the tension between inner-city youth and law enforcement. Lakina Evans, one of the graduates of the Alternative Directions Music Industry Training Program, says, Without the police, it's just a bunch of chaos, Really? Really? I don't know if I agree with that. I think that they that's what they told her to say. I think that's, that's what they had uh, explained to uh, little Akina. But it's just not true. Chaos is a lack of order. It, and having police around doesn't create order. In fact, one could make the argument that it does uh, the exact opposite. What are you talking about, Ian? If we got rid of the police, people would be robbing each other. They'd be looting. There would be people out in the streets being murdered. All I have to say is look at the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. 
Right. If you want a perfect example of how the police do anything but keep order, you look at what happened there. The good law-abiding people, so-called, left town because, well, they were ordered to by the cops. They left town, and that left the police and some people in some nursing homes and some alleged criminals running through the streets. So it was just the police and the criminals. There wasn't anyone else to get in their way. They could have really sort of kept order, right? They should have been able to really keep the city under control. I don't see why not. If that's what they claim to be able to do, that's their purpose. Right. Not only was it the police, but it was the police, not just the New Orleans police, but there were police from other departments around the uh, the country that came there to assist. Mm -hmm. National Guard troops were on hand. There were plenty of government people in the city of New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina in order to keep the order. But what did we see? We saw footage, a videotape of the police themselves rummaging through Walmart shelves, putting things in shop shopping carts, and walking out with them. We saw the cops stealing things from Walmart. Yep. And the cops claimed that they were being shot at, which, of course, there's no actual evidence for, but they used that as an excuse to go and confiscate guns from people. It seems to me that the cops were promoting disorder. For instance, if I had lived in New Orleans... And I was armed in my home trying to, you know, I'd heard the news reports that there were criminals on the loose. I might want to keep my home safe. I might want to keep my property secure. Having guns would be useful in that case. Looks like the reason you might own a gun, actually. Right. But then the police come along and they demand me turn over my guns to them. What? It's for your protection. No, that's not for my protection. You guys are going to leave here after you take my guns. You're going to walk down the street and take guns from the people down the street. And And then you're going to walk back to some other place. And if I'm a criminal who's going around to rob people's houses, I'm just a couple houses behind them. Yeah, exactly right. So, I mean, there's just... To make the argument that the police keep order is to completely ignore reality. And the reality is, the reason there's order in the world is because of average people. Because of people like you and me and uh, us watching over our property, watching over our family members and our friends, and we're the ones, we're the first line of defense against criminals. The cops don't come until later on. Right. It's in my best interest to um, uh, uh, protect your property rights, protect my property rights. It's in my best interest to um, be nice to people, to be civil to people, and to respect their property. Exactly right. Uh, So anyway, that was just one of the lies here in this uh, program that they've been indoctrinating these kids with. So the students performed their music on Tuesday, urging the community to unite as one. Quote, if they see the officers more as human beings, someone who's their friend rather than as someone who invades their community, they'll have more respect for them said the uh, one of the spokespeople for the police athletic lead. Now, I agree with that statement. Mm-hmm. I wish I could see police officers in that way. So do but I. But as long as they insist on continuing to arrest people for things like smoking joints and doing other things that don't hurt anybody, prostitution, gambling, that sort of thing, the police will never be my friend. More on the way. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Toby. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. The bulletin board system is approaching 250,000 posts. We've got over 1,500 people interacting. It's free, of course. Fun stuff, serious issues. You'll find it all discussed for free at bbs.freetalklive.com to get you there. It's free. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. 
com. Let's. I'm gonna play a, a clip from this song, this pro cop song that they're having kids sing. I've been down, waiting for it down in Miami, but I gotta go to the phones first. To show about your call. So let's talk to ladies first. Joanna in California, listening on KSCO. Hey, Joanna. Hey, thank Hi. you so much. Thank you. What's I uh, had a bad experience with a police officer. Imagine who that targeted me uh, and my family, my entire family. It turns out. If they decide that your children are possibly at risk, they can call a social worker. Anyone calling 911, a social worker, automatically comes. And the social worker came down. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. How do they know that you have kids to send a social worker? Well, here's what happened is my two little kids got across the street to the park. We have a Christian park, literally, you know, 50 feet from our front door. Okay. Uh, They got out and got over there, and uh, I had been sick that day, and it it turned out it was like 23 minutes later when the uh, policeman arrived. And I arrived like 24 minutes later, mm-hmm. and he stopped me, stopped me from getting my kids, wouldn't let me come in my house, called the social workers, came, took all six of my children for no reason other than he wanted to punish me. And he knew the, he knew the people across the street at the Christian Park. He knew them from police academy. Mm-hmm. And they went to court later, nine and a half months later, I lost a son in the womb during a trial where they tried me for supposedly endangering my child. What was was the allegation? That you let them play at a park? Yeah, the the law was um, 273A where they said it was a child may be placed in risk. And I'm like, that is such a stupid law. Anybody may be at risk just because you're alive. Alive. The fact that you're alive. So hold on a second. Let me see if I've got this straight. You were out, your kids, and how old were your kids over at the, the park? Twelve on down to uh, the youngest was 17 months. And the okay, two but, that got over the park were the youngest, 17 months and almost four. But a 12-year-old within the family is more, most certainly capable of keeping an eye on his brothers and sisters. Exactly. So your kids were playing without your supervision, and that's what they claim was uh, the breaking of the law? Yeah, yeah, they just claimed it to take me to court. It was wow. just all just a big circus. Yeah, big I would have, I would have grown up enough. testifying uh, against me, and it had nothing to do with anything real. It was just they had the power to hurt. They did it mostly because I homeschool. They just don't like my religion. They don't like my politics, and they wanted to hurt me. They want so, my property. Wait a minute. The Christians that were across yeah. the street were the ones that uh, yeah, called you in? Yeah, believe it or not, the Christian, I could not believe it. She lied in court just outright. Do unto, do unto others, huh, Joanna? Yeah, yeah, I was totally shocked. And then even more shocking is that a child, because they don't fall under Sixth Amendment of life, liberty, or property, a child is not worth a jury trial. So not even just the fact that the shoes on their feet were worth more than twenty bucks, I had no leg to stand on. I could not fight to get my children back. Wow! And later they asked me, Mom, why couldn't you protect us? And I'm like, you know, I could, I did everything I could. It's what, a corrupt now, They took your kids and what was it? Six of them? Yeah, for twelve they, days and put them in non-English speaking homes, all Mexican families. And the only thing they came back from three different homes where they didn't see each other for those twelve days, other than one hour with me, was uh, that. If they didn't leave their religion, they would probably die. Isn't it, a, isn't it amazing that, and, and by the way, I'm not a religious guy, I'm an atheist, but I, I definitely feel awful for you in this particular case. It's not the religion that's a factor, it's the behavior of the government, it's supposedly in the name of your children. These laws were created allegedly to protect kids, and look how they're being enforced. They're being yeah, enforced they selectively and politically. Yeah, they tried me for a misdemeanor when I was nine and a half months pregnant and would not allow me to get out of the trial. You know, they insisted that I had to go to trial, and it was at the 11 and a half. I found out later that at 11 and a half months, they have to try you before a year, before a misdemeanor, or they have to drop it. What so, a mess. 
Yeah, where, where are you, two weeks before that. Where are you standing with, uh, with your Stanford. neighbors now? I mean, what's your relationship like now? Have you moved? Are you still living in the same place? No, I still lived in, I lived in the same place because I decided they wanted me out. That was the last thing I was going to give them. So I'm not giving them my house. I'm staying here, and they're going to have to deal with me, and that's the way it's been. And, and how recent was this that this happened? Uh, it was three years ago, and it was uh, two years ago that I lost my son. Wow. Yeah. yeah, he only lived seven and a half hours. He was all tied up knots in the cord because I couldn't stand their lies. I could feel it when it was happening inside. They were just lying, and it just shocked me. What? I couldn't uh, believe it. I couldn't believe it. Policemen would lie. Yeah, it's like, a shocker. It, 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 really comes down, it really comes down like a hammer on people who, I mean, you guys just tuned in on KSCO, but we've been doing the show for a couple hours before you guys tuned in, and we had somebody call earlier with the same old sort of mentality, the standard uh, sort of American mentality of, oh, the cops are good. These are just a few bad apples you guys are talking about. Cops are good guys. What are you talking about? And I just don't, I don't think that's the case. No, since that's happened, I've met a lot of the kids in this community and I have found out that there is a major problem in this area with basically they're a big gang. You know, and they can do what they want. That's they know exactly they right. You nailed it yeah. on the head, Joanna. Yeah. And thank you for the yeah. call. We really appreciate hearing from you. That's really what they are. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking about um, if they took her kids for that. I would, I would have been in foster care my entire life if the police were that kind of mentality when I was growing up, taking me because of unsupervised play. That's a, what I did. My parents kicked me out of the house and said, go play, you're a kid. That's what you're supposed to do. Well, luckily, you were raised in New Hampshire, and unfortunately, she's out in California where things right. are a little bit different. Uh, the, the government's just a lot bigger out in California than, than it is uh, here in New Hampshire. But maybe, maybe a song can make everything better. That's what the police in Miami think. Apparently, uh, police chief John Timoney says the latest release is a win-win situation, breaking down stereotypes and building much-needed relationships. He says the police officers are, in fact, friends with these kids. The CD with this particular song on it will be distributed free. I wonder who's paying for it. Hmm. To more than 10,000 students at middle schools and high schools in Miami-Dade County. And I actually have a clip of this song. I don't know how long we'll be able to play it, but just to give you an idea of how awful it is. The police, they all right. What? It goes on for another three and a half minutes. Let's skip ahead and see if it gets any better here. I can't take it anymore. I, this is going to make everything better. This is what oh the cops. This is what the cops think is going to uh, make it so young people in the city of Miami, and who knows, this might spread across the country and it might catch on. Is this just one one track on a CD of on a seventeen track CD, or are there actually lots of tracks like this? Uh, it doesn't. The article doesn't describe what the other tracks on okay. the CD are, but this is the pro police. Yeah, yeah, this is a pro police song that they're getting kids to sing in schools apparently, or and there's a little this little training program that they have down in Miami, and I'm sorry. This is not going to fix the problem. So no. putting out a, a little rap song or whatever the heck that type of music is, is uh, not going to fix the issues with young people in the cops. Yeah. As, long as, uh, as long as these young urban uh, people in Miami are having their brothers and sisters arrested for pr- uh, crimes like smoking marijuana or uh, prostitution or whatever that's not harming anybody else, as long as they're seeing their brothers and sisters arrested, because this is targeted at very young kids. Right. 
Uh, this message isn't going to get through. Of course. They're never going to believe it. They live it every day. They're harassed every day by the police. A song's not going to make it all better. Exactly right. And if you want to comment on this, 800-259-9231. If you've got uh, bad cop stories or whatever you want to share with us, it goes if you make the call. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. The show is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line from, uh, for you, 800-259-9231 is the number. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on our site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Live streams are there, a broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. And the Prometheus Institute... In Washington, D.C., and also at readpi.com, is looking to make a real impact in Washington, not in 40 years, but right now, to find out what makes the Prometheus Institute different from all of the other flat-water political think tanks. Visit them online at readpi.com. You'll find some pretty neat articles there. Uh, I like it. Readpi.com. So as we continue with the phone calls here, let's talk to Jeff in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Jeff, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jeff in Montana. Do we have Jeff? Jeff going once. Jeff going twice. Yeah, we'll put him on hold. Maybe try him back. Let's go in the meantime to it is Gene, the Christian anarchist on the amplifier line. Hello, Gene. Hi, guys. Hey, what's just, on your mind? Just came back from Hawaii, and I wanted to tell you that the only presidential signs I saw in uh, Honolulu were Ron Paul 2008 signs. That's good news. Excellent. Was it just a handful or a, a decent there was, amount? Uh, there was one area of town that was pretty well plastered with them. I mean, there was quite a few, probably the same group who did it. But, um, yeah, it, it looked like they'd covered that area pretty good. Good to know. Man, Gene, you are living the life, traveling all around <laughs> the world, going to China and Hawaii and just uh, I everywhere. I haven't been to China for a while. Maybe uh, we're thinking about December. So. Ah, I gotcha. So you're back in Tennessee at this point. Yes. Very good. So, any uh, any comments tonight beyond uh, the Ron Paul thing? Um, I mean, uh, there's all kinds of things I think about when I'm listening, but uh, right at the moment, I don't uh, don't think of anything. I just wanted to give you a Ron Paul update. Well, oh, he's certainly on that? the he's certainly on the rise. He's been getting more and more media attention mm-hmm. uh, over the past few weeks. And uh, Gene, thanks for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I know Toby, you guys have certainly been lavishing his campaign with uh, as much attention as you can on your TV show, which is freemindstv.com. Yep, it, it's great. It's great to talk about him and just to let people know in this area, we're a primary state here in, in New Hampshire, and it's great to let people know that hey, there's a there's a real alternative for someone to vote for that besides the lesser of two evils. Exactly. It, there's finally someone actually worth going to the polls for in a primary. Yep. And I think we're really going to see, I think it's really going to be interesting because we've got, what, about mm, six months or less, actually, before the New Hampshire primary. They may move it earlier than they were planning on doing it. And there are something like 10 candidates in the race, maybe 11 if Fred Thompson jumps in. Most, you know, 10 of these guys or uh, nine of these guys are warmongers. Yeah. And so anybody that's against this war, which is most of the solid majority of Americans, can show up and vote for Ron Paul while all the pro-war guys will be diluting their votes by voting for one of the other nine candidates. I think he really actually has a shot at winning this. I think that once people hear about him, once they hear the message that he has, they get on board. I mean, we've gotten a lot of email on our show just from people right here in the Keene area saying, thank you so much for just letting us know about him so we mm-hmm. could 
should mm-hmm. look into him more on our own. So I think that once people hear about him, they look into him. There's a, he really does have a good chance. He's not a perfectly principled libertarian, but he's about as close as it's ever going to get right. as far as somebody that you can actually vote for in the uh, in a presidential election. Let's continue with the phone calls and talk to Matt in New York City. You're on Free Talk Live, Matt. Hi, Kex. Um, I think that the jutting back to the police corruption. Yes, sir. Um, I think they're aiming at the whole wrong thing. Okay. You know, they're talking about kids and doing drugs. But yeah. That's fine. You know, I think they need to be worried about other stuff. Like what? Hello? Matt? Okay. Interesting call. Um, I agree with him. Yeah, um, maybe he got a little nervous at the end there, but I, I agree. Parents should probably be concerned with kids doing drugs, while parents, police should probably be concerned with murderers, rapists, and violent individuals. Right. The police really, I really would like to see them get back to a role of peace officer, where they're only called in if somebody is disturbing the peace. Mm-hmm. If you're on my property, you're being belligerent and drunk, and you won't get off my property, I may need to call in the peace officers to nicely remove you from the property, not throw you in a jail cell. I don't want that. I just want you off my property. Keep the so, peace. Yeah, you take him home for the night and, you know, make sure he stays at home, <laughs> and that that's fine. I don't I don't want my friends and neighbors being put in jail cells for smoking joints or drinking underage or whatever, which comes which brings me back to this point that I want to make uh, and I think it's really important that if the police are really serious, and I don't believe they are. If the police are really serious about wanting kids to like them, Stop harassing and targeting them. We talked earlier in the show about these BMX bikers that are being harassed for, uh, for riding their BMX bikes at skate parks. We talk, of course, uh, we've talked in the past about parties. Yeah. Toby, uh, Toby, you've been known in the Keene area here for throwing a few parties. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, inevitably, the police are going to come and, and screw with them. Well, they're, they're, they're party poopers. Right. Well, do you think it's because they weren't invited to parties as kids? I mean, wh- uh, in all honesty, yeah, I think that a lot of the cops, especially the really mean ones, probably weren't the the they were the last picked in gym class. I don't know about that. I mean, a lot of them seem to be, you know, jock types. Well, so. some of them, I don't know. I I've had quite the few encounters that with police who really just seem like they were picked on when they were in high school. Whatever it is, time to get back. Right. Whatever it is, they certainly seem like they have an axe to grind and they want to take it out on the young, uh, the young people in the area. And when a cop shows up at a high school or a college party where there's underage drinking going on, what does that do to make that? How does that make the cops look to these people? It makes them look like scumbags. Mm-hmm. It makes them look like they're just ruining people's fun. Because just because there are people that are drinking underage does not necessarily mean that they're drinking irresponsibly. I remember when I was younger, and I don't do it. I don't drink anymore personally. But uh, I remember when I was younger and and around young people drinking um, and do, doing so myself. It was very. People are very well aware that drinking and driving is a bad thing. There were in many cases designated drivers at uh, at many of these parties. Mm-hmm. And uh, they weren't necessarily being irresponsible, but that wouldn't have stopped the cops from busting in, kicking in doors, yelling and screaming, and harassing people. Absolutely not. I, I, they, I've had friends who have been charged with possession of alcohol, even though they didn't have it, simply because they were at a party where alcohol was present. If How about the internal possession charge? How about that it, one? I know it. If you, ha- if you don't have any beer on you, even if you're, you blow a 0.0, you can get charged with possession of alcohol if you're within like 50 feet of an open container. I had a friend charged with open house party one time, which didn't mean that he had any possession of anything. It just meant that he was allowing people to party at his house and the front door was open or something like that. Yep. It's just, I mean, it's just charge after charge. And all it does is alienates young people from the police. That's oh, yeah. all it does. And it makes people hate the cops. Is that what they want? Because that's what they're getting. 
800-259-9231 to Bill in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live, Bill. Hey, guys. How you guys doing today? Good. What's on your mind? Well, uh, I kind of want one hate group to another. This one's the federal government. Yes. Uh, I was wondering if uh, either you or Toby have heard much about uh, the Supreme Court, or not the Supreme Court, but the federal courts upholding that uh, uh, warrants are not needed to search email records. Warrants aren't needed to search email records. No, I've not. I don't think I caught this one. That was a by a slight decision, I believe. Right? Was that one? It was just. Yeah, it was like uh, by a two uh, or three to two decision. Right. But basically, what what it gives is it gives the federal government free reign over email communications at any time for any reason. Well, now all they have it is in writing. I mean, it's not like it was stopping them right. before they had the law. Yeah. <laughs> now, they, now it's just supposedly legal. Yeah, they see they they what they do is they do whatever they want to do. And they never get charged with anything for doing it. No one ever gets reprimanded in the government. And then they end up passing the laws retroactively to say, well, what we've been doing, even though it was not necessarily legal before, it's now legal now. That's what they've been doing. So yeah, I'm not shocked. I'm not even shocked at this. It's just a couple guys in robes making the decision. It's not even a landslide decision or anything. It's just by a, by a vote or two, a couple of guys decided it's okay. So now right. it is written. It's law. And they can do it. And we've seen the Supreme Court doing more and more of this, backing the police and giving the police slowly, bit by bit, more and more powers. Well, well, here's my, my, my only concern of the whole thing is, you know, I myself, I'm a very big uh, privacy kind of guy. I like to keep all my conversations under lock and key. Sure. So I encrypt all my messages, being email, instant message, whatever. So what are they going to have to do now? They're going to have to knock on the NSA's door to decode my messages just so they know that I have a shopping list that I have to read off from right. the store? Well, I hope that's what they end up yeah. doing. I hope they chase down a bunch of shopping lists and things like that and uh, misinformation and misdirection and waste a bunch of their time. Bill, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. What can it's they just... possibly do with the billions of emails that are sent every day? How well, can they process They're not going to look at all of the emails, but what this does allow them to do is apparently without a warrant, Look at yours. If they want to target you, Very all nice. they have to do is just go and get them. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Even in these remaining moments, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. That, by the way, is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. You like the show? You want to help support Free Talk Live? Then go and join the AMP program. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. And for as little as 3 bucks a month, you can help us advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live. That's what it stands for. What we do is we take the money that comes in and we pull it together. Together and we purchase, well, advertising and marketing and promotion for the show to get it on more radio stations around the country and thereby spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. So learn more about that. Learn about the perks you get access to, like the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room forum, and more. All the details at amp.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is Free State Project.org. To the phones, to the fun. Ladies first. Let's talk to Nikki in California listening on KSCO. Hey, Nikki. Hi. Hi. Um, would you do me a favor and let me say what I have to say and not interrupt? Okay. Well, it Just depends. So if you want to go on for 20 out. minutes, then we're not going to no, let no, you get no, away no. with that. No, I don't, I don't plan on going on that long. Okay, go for it. Um, I do have to say, you know, I was a security officer by trade, okay? Mm-hmm. And I worked in law enforcement, with law enforcement. And what I'm hearing coming out of this radio station 
is one-sided. It's biased. Um, I hear you saying, oh, well, they're just going to ruin their fun and they want to party. A lot of these parents don't know where these kids are at. These things lead to rape, unwanted pregnancies. Sometimes the kids are getting killed. There's a lot of gang wars going on and things over drugs, and it starts with them starting to uh, publicize the sales of these drugs at their schools and places where their parents don't know where they're at. Okay. Okay. Um, you've addressed two issues so no, far, no, I'm Nikki. Not done yet. I'm well, not you've addressed done yet. two issues this, so far. This, I'll let you continue, but I'm going but to. I want to address these two of... issues. All right. You've addressed the drug war, which is was is an awful thing that needs to be absolutely ended, to where people aren't dealing drugs on school campuses anymore, and they can be purchased in stores uh, from legitimate business people. And you also talk about rapes and all these other allegations. Well, if parents want to keep their kids safe, it should be their job to know where their kids Here's are at the and keep them safe, not the cops. Yeah, well, they're there to enforce the safety of the public, and that includes people under age, okay? They also need to be protected. But this is just a crock of bull coming out protected of the radio station. Protected from what? Okay, this is a Wait, crock of bull. protected from and what, Nikki? The CEO does not necessarily represent your views. Guys, grow up. Hey, Nikki, protect, protect them from what? Why can't you have a conversation okay. with us? Huh? You know, because it's just, you're a bunch of idiots. Well, why don't you answer my question, I've, I've Nikki? Protect them from what, station. Nikki? Protect kids at a party Protect from what? from what? People that are preying on young people. Okay, Toby, think? as somebody who's thrown parties, I mean, what do you have to say to Nikki here? Well, I think we were just trying to have a good time at these parties. I mean, no one's getting hurt uh-huh. at them. People uh-huh. are being safe. There's the and designated drivers. And are you taking drivers. responsibility for what happens to these people afterwards? After they well, yeah. leave your so-called party? Well, yeah, you, are you, of course. Are you, are you taking responsibility for them if uh, they are given ecstasy? Well, if they're given or ecstasy, if they that's, wind that's probably up in how, Hold on. How can Toby... Wait a minute, Nikki. How can Toby take responsibility for other individuals and their right. individual well, choices? Well, they're at my place. You yes, they're my responsibility. You don't want any responsibility for anything. You just don't want to take any responsibility. No, I'll okay? take responsibility. These men and women that put their lives on the line out there every day have to put up with a bunch of crap. Their lives, okay? are, Nikki, their lives aren't on the line when they're busting a college party or a high school drinking party. No, no, no cop's life is on the line when they're busting a bunch of kids for drinking. Okay? We don't need people like you on the radio. Nikki, you didn't hear a word I said, did you? Did you hang up? Oh, see, that's the problem with people that don't, uh, that, that uh, people like her, is they're not interested in having a conversation. Right. They've got their one viewpoint, and that's all they can, they can think about. Look, when it comes to a, a high school party, kids drinking under the age, there's, look, the fact is it's going on whether you like it or not. Okay? It is against the law. Should it be against the law? No way. The, right. the drinking age should be abolished as far as I'm concerned. And, and the reason why we have kids that are abusing alcohol today is because they were raised with people telling them, no, you can't have it. And when you tell a kid no, they want to do it. Of course. I mean, she brought up the point uh, point that par- uh, parents don't know where their kids are, so police have to go out there and be parents, basically. And right. Well, we, do we need police to be pseudo-parents when parents don't know where their kids are? Is that really what she's asking for? Apparently it is. Wow.
And so, I mean, again, as a as a somebody who put on parties, Toby, you can't be responsible. Mean, you said you would be responsible, but you can't be responsible for what an individual chooses to do. If an individual chooses to purchase a tab of ecstasy and put right. it in their mouth, you aren't going to know about it. We're and they res- might have done that whether or not they were at the party. Right. We're going to be responsible for people's physical safety. But right. What as far as if it- there's a fight or something like exactly. that. Exactly. As far as um, any, she said, gangs out there, any of that stuff, we're going to be responsible for people's physical safety if there's fights or anything. But if people choose to put something into their body, who am I to tell them no? Right. And the ecstasy is out there, uh, again, regardless of the war on drugs' existence. The war on drugs is a huge factor in a lot of the things that, that we're talking about today. And, the, the, and it gives the, the police the excuse to go and raid, uh, for instance, raves and dance parties and that sort of thing on the pretense, oh, there's drugs here. So we have the ability to break up all these kids' fun. These kids that are just, they're just having a good time. They're dancing. They're enjoying the, their, each other's company. If their parents don't care enough about them to know where their 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 young people are their kids are then uh, how, i mean how dare you suggest that the police should be able to come in and uh and crack some people's heads open give because, some people some records right to arrest young people 16 17 18 19 years old take them into a jail cell and and then give them a permanent record for the rest of their life and you're telling me that's going to help them that that's going to make their life better as opposed to them maybe taking a, a hit of ecstasy and waking up feeling a little groggy the next morning? Look, I've done ecstasy before, and I believe it to be, I'm not recommending that people do it necessarily, but I think the government tells an awful lot of lies about it. Of course. And according to any objective, anyone who's objective, and clearly people like Nikki are definitely not objective in their, uh, their mental processes, but anyone who's obje- taken an objective look at ecstasy can easily tell that the government has lied, lied, lied about it. In fact, it used to be safer back when it was legal. Well, there there were people creating it legally for a profit. There weren't. It wasn't right. people just creating it to make some money. I mean, of course, it was for money, but it was legal, so it was overseen. There were pharmacies creating it. It was used for uh, therapy purposes. The reason why uh, drugs are dangerous today, the illegal drugs are dangerous, is because they're being manufactured yeah. by gangsters. There are impurities in them. You purchase something you think is ecstasy, but it's not ecstasy. It's actually four other chemicals mixed together mm-hmm. and pressed into a tablet. That's what kids are getting today. So really, if you want kids to be safe, because the fact is they're going to go and party whether you like it or not, okay? That's a reality. And anyone living in California or anywhere else in America should know this. Anyone who's been a kid should know this. The fact is kids are going to party. If you want them to be safe, legalize the drugs so that way the drugs that they inevitably will be purchasing are not going to be filled with drugs. Dirty impurities and made in the back shed of somebody's, uh, you know, somebody's trailer park. And leave parenting up to the parents. If we tell the police they're responsible for that, they're going to think they're responsible for that. Mm-hmm. We don't need, and we don't need to have parents shifting their responsibility onto public public servants, bureaucrats. That's a parent's job to talk to them, to know where their kids are. We don't need the precedent of that's the police's job. Right. The police should be out stopping real crimes. Now, if somebody's getting raped, that's a real crime the police should get involved in. Right. But how many people got raped at the parties you threw when you were, when you were in college, Toby? None. You sure about that? I, I, to the best of my knowledge, none. 800-259-9231. Sean in Massachusetts, as we go to the phones again here. Sean, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, guys. Um, I want to comment about the uh, the other day. I was driving down the street, and um, there was a person behind me, and a police officer had just pulled out around the corner, 
and was mm-hmm. behind the person that was behind me. And I got pulled over for my left rear tire hitting the yellow line. They had swerved around, and I got pulled over. And I said, officer, what's the problem? And they said, seems to me that you're swerving a little bit. Can I have your license and registration? I said, yes, sir, you can have my license and have my registration. So they get my registration, they come back, and they said, okay, you do not have a proper registration. This is under EBV Corporation. And I was like, yes, it's my uh, corporation I work for. I have it registered underneath that. Mm-hmm. And so they told me to sit back of the vehicle. And they said, well, EBV Productions is not the proper you know, registration, which is a, the, the productions that I'm under. Got it. It's incorporated. So they end up calling the lead detective to come over, and they had to come and check this out. And they said, EBV is not the proper my registration number. So they started. They they had um. First of all, they had a they had to call my father to come. They had to call my father. They had to come take my car away. So and, I, and you weren't even doing anything. I mean, it's just it's just they just get caught up in their paperwork. And I'm sorry, Sean, we're out of time. But thank you for the call. It's all about the paperwork and getting your registration correct. Jumping and, through the hoops. Right. They weren't protecting anybody in that particular case. Sean wasn't doing anything wrong. If he's if he's violated the law, then cite him for it. And it's probably their fault that they put up too many hurdles. We'll be back tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.